God. Well, the presence of the Lord is good. It's always good. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for all of your blessings that we've been blessed with. We thank you that in Christ we're seated in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. We're just so grateful for the goodness you've shown to us through the Lord Jesus. As we go into your word. We trust it will accomplish good things in the lives of those that will hear it, believe it, receive it, and consistently act upon it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Let's open our Bibles to Mark the fourth chapter. Mark the fourth chapter. If you need a Bible today, if you didn't bring one with you, our ushers would be glad to loan you one of ours. If you don't have a Bible with you, raise your hand real high and our ushers would be glad to loan you. A Bible, of course, we have uh, scriptures on the screen, but there's just something about having a Bible and opening that holy book that, that just there's a blessing in it. So if you didn't bring a Bible with you today, just raise your hand real high. Our ushers will loan you one of ours. We just ask that you leave it on the seat when you leave today so that we can use it next time. Open to Mark, the fourth chapter. You know, storms are a fact of life. We will all at some time face one kind of storm or another. Whether it is an actual thunderstorm or perhaps it could be an illness, an accident, loss of a job, not being able to find a job, lost retirement savings, death, the death of a loved one, personal problems, divorce, to mention only some of the storms we might face in our life. The question I want to ask today and answer is where is Jesus in your storm? Where is Jesus in your storm? You know, we can find the answer to this question by looking At the two times in the Bible that the disciples encountered storms on the sea. And we can note where Jesus was in the midst of their storms. So first of all, in Mark Mark the fourth chapter in the 35th verse. Mark the fourth chapter in the 35th verse. says, on the same day when when evening had come, he, that is Jesus, said to them, to his disciples, let us cross over To the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. It means it was filling with water and potential of sinking, and they were in great jeopardy. They were in a storm, they were in in an actual storm and the boat is filling with water they're in great peril and they're they're in trouble the question is where is jesus in the midst of this storm notice in verse 38 but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow well think about that where was jesus in their storm 
Well, he was with him, wasn't he? But he was sleeping. Would lead me to believe that he wasn't all that concerned about whether or not they were going to make it to the other side of the lake. You know that Jesus walked in the will of God, didn't he? Now, I know he was God, but here on the earth, though he was God, he had emptied himself and he operated here as a man. And the Bible said before he did anything, he would go to his father and seek his father. He said himself, before I do anything, I I, I see the father first. Is, Is that correct? And so Jesus knew that that he was supposed to pass over to the other side. And so he knew that in that passing over to the other side that he was in the will of his father. So when you stay in the will of God, there's nothing to worry about, is there? There's nothing to be in turmoil about. When you're in the will of God, let me assure you the storms of life will hit you. If you want to if you want to get in some storms, you get in the middle of the will of God. Because when you're in the middle of the will of God, the devil will hit you on every side. But when, when you're in the middle of the will of God, you can know this, that you can, you can rest and be assured just as Jesus was resting and was assured that everything was going to be okay. Now, he was with them, but he wasn't concerned about anything, was he? You've got to be at rest if you're in the back of the ship asleep on a pillow. It's a great lesson. Is Jesus not our Lord? Yes, he is our Lord. But is he not also our example? Yes, he is. And so if he's going to sleep through a storm, we ought to get ourselves to the point where in the midst of a storm, we're able to rest and relax as well. You know, I learned this a long time ago that one of the ways you can see whether or not you're in faith is if there's a rest about you. If there's a rest about you, the Bible is very clear on that is that people who are in faith, there's a peace about them. There's a rest about them. They're not in turmoil. They're not wringing their hands. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? You see, when people are doing that, they're not in faith. But when people are in faith, there's a rest about them. There's a peace about them. And so understand this, that we ask the question, where was Jesus in the midst of this storm? Well, he was there with them. He was asleep on a pillow, which indicates to me he wasn't all too concerned about the situation. And they awoke him in verse 38. They awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Well, how many of you would agree that Jesus does care, doesn't he? But you see, when you're in the midst of a storm... Uh, particularly if your faith is weak, as, as we'll see the disciples' faith was weak, you can get this thought about you that God really doesn't care about me. But you must understand and know that God does care about you. He knows your situation. He knows what you're going through. And He does care. But again, when faith is weak, when it seems as though all hope is lost, it's real easy to get this attitude about you. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care that we're going under? Don't you care? How many how many's ever asked that to the Lord in a weak moment? Don't you care? How many's ever asked him that besides me? Don't you care? And uh, we must realize and understand that he does care. But they, they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 
One uh, gospel account says, O ye of little faith. I believe that uh, Matthew, when he gives this account of this story, Jesus said, O ye of little faith. In, uh, I believe it was uh, Luke's account of it, Jesus, the, the way Luke accounted it, is, is Jesus said, where is your faith? And so you see the disciples, uh, they were fearful, that's understandable. How many has ever been afraid of something besides me? It, you know, they, they were fearful, they were human beings, they were afraid, they were fearful. Is it possible to have Jesus on your ship and be fearful? Well, yeah, it happened to these guys, didn't it? And again, when a person is weak in faith, it, it, you know, fear is going to get in there. I know what I'm talking about. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Or, how, uh, oh, ye of little faith, or where is your faith? So Jesus asked them a question. And then it says, they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, they gave glory to the Lord Jesus because they had been delivered from this storm. Because you see, Jesus spoke to the storm, didn't he? And as a result of him speaking to the storm, the wind ceased and there was, there was a great calm and the disciples were delivered from the storm. And uh, one thing that I learned, and we could teach many lessons from this story, but one thing that I learned from this story, and one thing I feel like the Lord wants me to get across to you today, is this. Even though your faith may be weak, go ahead and call on Jesus. Go ahead and call on Him. Go ahead and call on Him. Because you see, these disciples were in a storm, and their faith was weak, They were fearful. They did not know what they were going to do. But in the midst of all of that, they still had the good sense to call on Jesus. And that's something I want to get through to you today. Maybe you're here today and you're facing a storm. Whatever that storm may be. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've got a bad report from a doctor. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, you know, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills and get through the end of the end of the uh, end of the month. You know, without uh, somebody coming and repossessing your house or your car. Or maybe you're one of your children isn't isn't acting the way that they should. Or uh, you know, maybe you're having marital issues and. Maybe you, you're very afraid and, and, and you feel inadequate and you feel like your faith is weak. I, I've come with encouragement for you today. Let's learn a lesson from the disciples here. Jesus was right there with them. And even in the midst of their weakness, they still cried out to him. And he is so good that he answered them and he helped them. Can you say praise God? Notice if you would... Psalm 50, verse 15. Notice what the Bible says. Psalm 50, verse 15 says this. Psalm 50, verse 15. Psalm 50, verse 15. Notice what the Lord tells us to do when we're in trouble. He says, call on me in the day of trouble. Call on me in the day of trouble. And I will what? I will? Will what? Will deliver you and you will glorify me. Well, the disciples were in a day of trouble. They called on him. He delivered them. And they gave him glory, didn't they? Who can, who can calm the storms but the Lord, you know? They gave him glory and they gave him praise. Notice in Psalm 46 verse 1. Psalm 46 verse 1, just a few chapters 
back here in the book of Psalms, 46 verse 1, says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. Were the disciples in trouble? Yes. Was Jesus right there with him? Yes. So if you're in trouble today, Jesus is there with you. And maybe again, I'll say it again. This is what the Lord wants me to get across to you. Maybe your faith is weak. Maybe you haven't been spending time in the word like you should. Maybe you haven't been praying like you should. Maybe you've been fearful. But still, even in the midst of trouble, even if you're weak in faith, cry out to the Lord, cry out to him, call on him in the day of trouble, and he will deliver you. And then when he does, then glorify him and praise him. Amen. Amen. Now then, here's the other... uh, Storm that we want to look at. Mark the 6th chapter and the 45th verse. Mark the 6th chapter and the 45th verse. Mark the 6th chapter and the 45th verse. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. So he made them get into the boat and go before him. To the other side to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now he'd sent the disciples out on a ship, and then he sends the multitudes away, and then Jesus goes into the mountain and he goes up there to pray. And when evening came, The boat was in the middle of the sea. Now the boat was in the middle of the sea. And Jesus was alone on the land. And what was he doing alone on the land? What was he doing? He was praying. Then he saw them straining at rowing. He saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. The wind was against them. You obey Jesus. You do what he tells you to do. And I'm here today to tell you that the winds of the devil are going to be against you. The wind is going to blow against you when you begin to serve God. When you do what Jesus told you to do. Contrary to what some would say, well, you obey God and it's going to be smooth sailing. No, I'm here today to tell you, you obey God and the winds of of opposition are going to come against you. But I've got good news for you. There's somebody praying for you and his name is Jesus. He saw them straining at rowing. See, they're out in the boat. Now, in this case, he's not with them in person as he was in that first case. First case, he was right there with him in the back of the boat sleeping. Here, he's up on, on the land. He's by himself. They're out there. He's up on the land. He's praying. He sees them straining at rowing because the wind, you see, was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. About the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. Why does the Bible tell us it's the fourth watch of the night? Because that was the last watch. That was the last watch of the night. I'll put it this way. Uh, Jesus doesn't always show up early, but he always shows up. 
How many of you wish he'd show up early every time? Boy, wouldn't that be wonderful if he did? But I'll tell you this, I've learned this about God. Seldom is he early, but he's never late. He always comes just in time. He shows up. And he showed up in the fourth watch of the night. He showed up for them before they sank. But he showed up. I believe that's why the Bible brings that out to us. About the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed by them or as he was about to pass, pass by them. Notice verse 49. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. Well, just think about that. You're in the storm. Now, you got to understand something else, too. A lot of these guys were professional fishermen. So they'd been in storms before. But I don't know that they'd ever been in a storm before when they were right in the middle of the will of God. And when you get in a storm, as I've said before, right in the middle of the will of God, the devil is going to be blowing against you. And it would take a, a lot to upset a, uh, a, a, a trained fisherman uh, with a storm, it had to be a pretty, pretty bad storm. Have you ever flown in a jet? Are you out there? Or, how many has ever flown in a jet? Uh, it's one thing if I say it was a little turbulent, but you know what? If the captain comes on and says, you know, we're going to be experiencing some severe turbulence, now you better be a little concerned because he does that all the time. And if he thinks it's going to be severe, how many of you know it's going to shake me up a little bit? <laughs> so this was a storm. You've got to understand, this, this was not just a patty cake, little, little strong breeze. These were storms. And, 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 and I believe they were particularly strong because these guys were in the middle of the will of God. The devil was blowing against them. You know the devil can bring storms through. Did you know that? How many of you know we can take our authority in the name of Jesus and move those things? Is that right? But that's a kind of another message for another day. But the point I want to get, get to you right here is Jesus is praying for him. Where is he? He's on the land, isn't he? He's praying for him. And then he comes to him in the fourth watch. And then when he comes walking by, when he comes walking by, they go, ah! That just woke that lady up on the... Ah! Well, that would shake you up just a little bit if somebody came walking on the water. Has anybody in here ever seen somebody walk on the water? I haven't. Has anybody in here ever walked on the water? Never have. That'd be enough to shake you up, wouldn't it? But the lesson I want to point out to you here is this. They didn't recognize Jesus in the midst of their storm. I said they didn't recognize Jesus in the midst of the storm. And that's one thing I want to point out to you today. And I want you to be sure you don't make that mistake uh, you see, they, they got, these were, these, this was a bad storm. These were professional fishermen, a lot of them. And, and this was a bad storm. And, and, and I believe they got so distracted by the boisterous wind and so distracted by the rain and so distracted by the storm that when Jesus did show up, they didn't even recognize him. 
Let's, let's do this. Don't, let's don't ever let the storms of the devil shake us up to the point that we can't recognize Jesus when he shows up. Let's don't ever get our eyes so on the wind and so on the dark clouds and so on the rain and, and listening so much to the, to the thunder rolling and all of that. Let's don't get so caught up in the storm that we don't recognize Jesus when he does show up. Can anybody say amen to that? These men had gotten so distracted by the storm. Yeah, I mean, there's a storm. They didn't even recognize Jesus when he showed up. You know, there's a lot of times in the Bible, Jesus showed up. People didn't even recognize him. And that's, a, you know, I could say a lot about that. But, but uh, one thing I, I will say this. In the Old Testament, remember the Israelites, they didn't have any food. And, and how many of you remember they were crying out to God for food, weren't they? Feed us, feed us, feed us, feed us. And then all of a sudden, they, the one day they, 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 they go out and there's some like dew on the ground. And does anybody know what that dew was called? It starts with an M and ends with an A. There you go. And, 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 and they ate that, didn't they? And it sustained them. But, but, but you need to realize at first when they saw that, do you know what manna, you know what, what it actually means? It means, what is it? Do you know that sometimes your answer can come to you sent by God and you can look at it and say, what is it? What am I saying? Sometimes your answer can come and you don't even recognize it. Let's be sensitive to God. Let's be sensitive enough to the Spirit of God that when He does send us an answer, that we're sensitive enough to recognize it. How many of you know the church, Peter, remember when Peter was in prison and the church made great prayer and great intercession for Peter that he would be loosed from jail. And remember, God loosed him from jail and he goes over to the house where the people are praying and he knocks on the door and one of the little gals goes out there and opens up, you know, sees Peter and, and comes and says, hey, Peter's at the door. And they, no, that can't be. That, how many remembers that? He can't be at the door. We're over. We don't believe that. We're over here praying that he gets released from jail. How many remembers that? How many has ever done something like that besides me? And you're just amazed and astonished when God answers your prayer. And when the answer is there and we don't even realize it. Huh? Huh? Let's don't get so distracted by the storms. Of life that we can't recognize Jesus when he shows up. But here he comes walking on the sea. They supposed it had been a ghost. They cried out for they all saw him were troubled and so on. But immediately he talked with them and said, boys, you're going to sink. You're going under. Huh? No. What did he say? He said, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. Say, I will not be afraid. Say, I'll be of good cheer. I will not be afraid. Isn't that good when Jesus shows up that he doesn't beat us over the head, but he has a good word for us. Isn't that wonderful? Be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. You know, somebody counted it up one time and they said there's like 365 times the Bible says, fear not or don't be afraid. And that's one for every day of the year. I can use that every day. How about you? 
Oh yeah, I can use that. God shows up again and again and, 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 and fear not, fear not. Jesus would show up. He'd tell him, fear not. So he shows up. He says, be a good chair. It is I, do not be afraid. Here again, he's looking at the storm a little bit different than the, than the disciples, huh? Again, he knew that it was the will of the Father to go to the other side. So they're going to make it to the other side one way or the other. Do you understand that? And if you're in the will of God and you'll stand with him, you'll make it to the other side. The storms will come, but Jesus, he'll, he'll show up. He'll say, be a good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 51 says, then he went up into the boat with them to them and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Well, that's good news, isn't it? So where was Jesus in this storm? Well, he wasn't right there with them. But as we said, he was up there praying for them. And he shows up in the fourth watch and rescues them. So let me say this to you as I begin to conclude this message. Let me ask you a very simple message today. Where is Jesus in your storm? Where is he in your storm? We saw that at one point he was with the disciples in the back of the boat. We saw at the other point he wasn't right there with them, but he was up there praying for them. But the question is, say, Pastor, you told us about the disciples. Where is he in my storm? Well, let me show that to you. First of all, where is Jesus in your storm? He's not sleeping. Say amen. Amen. Psalm 121 verse 4, Psalm 121 verse 4 says this. Psalm 121 verse 4, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You see, Jesus, when he was sleeping in the back of the boat, you have to understand at that point he was a human being, was he not? And and though he was God, 100% God, he was God, he wasn't operating as God, he was operating as a man, and that's why he was sleeping. But we have a better deal than the disciples. Because see, Jesus with them is in the back of the boat sleeping. In our storm, he doesn't go to sleep. Isn't that wonderful? Say, "Jesus Jesus is not sleeping. So that's a good deal, isn't it? Where is he in your storm? First thing, he's not sleeping. Now, the second thing I want to point out to you is found in John 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7. We say, well, where is Jesus? As you're turning to John 16, verse 7, don't we know that after he was raised from the dead, he went back into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father? Is, Is that correct? So you see with the disciples, he was there with them in that first instance. But in the second, he wasn't. He was up on the land praying. Well, notice here, after Jesus was raised from the dead, we have numerous scriptures that show us that he went back into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. But look at John 16, verse 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper. Does anybody know who the helper is? That's the... That's the Holy Spirit. He said, if I go not away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And how many of you know the Holy Spirit has been sent to us? And then Jesus, you know, when he made those statements, he said, I'll be, he said, he said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. How many of you remember him saying that? Well, he's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. 
So he's not sleeping. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And did you know what? I got some more good news for you. Just as he was praying for the disciples on the mountain there, on the land... You know what Jesus is doing at the right hand of the Father? Look at Hebrews 7.25. Look at Hebrews 7.25. Look at Hebrews 7.25. Notice this. Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. Talking about Jesus. He's able to save to the uttermost. Whatever, whatever storm you're going through, he can save you from it. He saves to the uttermost those who come to God through him since what? Watch. Since he always lives to what? To make intercession for them. What is Jesus doing at the right hand of the Father? He's praying for you and for me. Amen. So where is Jesus in your storm? Well, he's not sleeping. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, but He's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, and He's seated at the right hand of the Father praying for us. We've got the best of the the deal, don't we? Praise God. How many of you know we've got it better than the disciples had it? Isn't that wonderful? As good as they had it, we've got it better. Because see, in one case, Jesus was sleeping. He's not sleeping in our case. One case, He was away from... Hey. We got the best of the whole deal. He's not sleeping. He's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he's praying for us at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. And in the midst of your storm, he will see you just as he saw the disciples straining at rowing. He will see you straining at rowing. Praise God. And just when you don't think he's going to show up in the fourth watch of the night, guess what? There's going to come somebody walking on the water of your storm. Can you say amen, Glory to God. And when he shows up, be sure that you're not all caught up in the boisterous wind and the pouring rain and the rolling thunder. Don't get caught up in that so that you can't recognize him. And when he shows up, even if your faith is weak, call on him and he'll deliver you. He'll say, be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. It is I. Glory to God. Can you say amen? And then invite him on your boat. You know why you want to invite him on your boat? Because when you invite him on the boat, two things will happen. The wind will cease. Storm will stop raging. And something else happens. That thing that you were trying to get accomplished, that you just couldn't accomplish, that place you were trying to get to, that you just couldn't get to, When you let Jesus on your boat, look at John 6.21. Let's look at John's account of this storm situation. Let's look at John 6.21. When Jesus got on the boat, watch this. When Jesus got on the boat, says, Then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately, real loud say immediately. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. You let Jesus on your boat that fast. He can have you right where you need to be. Only Jesus can do that. And just one, one minute ago, you thought you was going to sink. But even in the midst of your weak faith, you cry out to him. And you say, come on the boat. And he steps on the boat and wind ceases. And bang, you're right where you've been trying to get all along. What a difference can be made when Jesus shows up. 
What a difference can be made when Jesus shows up. Just think about that, folks. One minute ago, the disciples, it looks like they're going to sink. And in just a minute, just short time, just boom, that they look like they're going to the bottom of the lake. And just that quick, they're where they're supposed to be. Only Jesus can do that. How many of you are glad that he's alive today? How many of you are glad he's seated at the right hand of the Father? How many of you are glad that he's praying for you? How many of you are glad that he'll see us when we're straining it wrong? How many of you are glad that he'll come walking on the water of our storm? How many of you are glad that he'll say, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid? And how many of you are glad when we invite him on the boat that instead of sinking, boom, we're right where we're supposed to be? Can anybody say amen? Let's stand in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise God forever, evermore. Did you get anything out of this today? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord's good.